We're on. We're alive. Yay. <laughs> I was waiting for the one to get the counter. Um, well, welcome back. This is Two Beards and a Bible. Uh, my name's John Swaino. I'm Dave Tenney. <laughs> See, it's getting late tonight. Uh, well, anyways, we are uh, in Luke chapter 17, uh, kind of picking up pretty much where we left off uh, last time. And Luke 17 and, you said, uh, verse 5. 5 through 10. Will All you right. read that, Johnny? I'm going to do that. Thank you. All right, so verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would, be, it would obey you. And which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Okay. I think in verse 5 he answered. The apostles ask a great question. They say, Lord, increase our faith. You wonder, you know, so many times Jesus kind of rebukes their lack of faith. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're kind of getting ahead of the ball now. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of looking to have their faith increased. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he says, so if you have faith as a mustard seed. And you know, I was thinking about this, John. Mustard seed's a tiny thing, yeah. but so is a grain of sand. Mm -hmm. But the difference between sand and a mustard seed is, is a mustard seed can grow. Mm -hmm. And other things can't, you know, in right. inanimate objects. And I think that's, there's like a double meaning in there. Mm -hmm. That, you know, if you just have a little bit of faith, it can grow into this huge plant. Right. You know, the... the <clears throat> we, the word we have is the word of life, and it, it can it can grow in us, you know, as far as our, our knowledge of it, and uh, and yeah, yeah. If if we plant it in in us, yeah, then then it can grow and increase our faith. Absolutely. Kind of, you know, we have to throw in Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by, by hearing, and hear by the word of God. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's uh, you know. The application for us here today. Yeah, absolutely. So he says, if you have faith as much as you can say to this mulberry tree, must have been a tree that was right there by him, uh, you be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So another time he used a mountain, mm -hmm. you know, but here he uses this big tree. Right. So now he uses this um, kind of a parable, sort of. It doesn't say it's a parable. So it's just, I guess, another illustrative story. Mm -hmm. So he says, Which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? So I think right. the idea is, is that servants, servants don't get treated uh, the same way the master gets treated. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the, the, the master, unless he's a very, very kind, he's not going to, you know, come in here and say, hey, you come in here, and I'm, I got dinner ready for you. Yeah. 
He's going to say, no, you come here and make, after you're done working, you come here and make my dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, but, but will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten drunk afterward? Uh, afterward, you will eat and drink. So then verse 9, he says, does he think, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? And then Jesus says, I think not. Right. <laughs> which, which I think is. That's like my favorite part of there. So, you know, I think he's just using this example, you know, slavery, servants, they were very common back then. Right. Um, and they were expected to do what their job was. And it's almost that way today at work. You know, I like it like when somebody says thank you, but yeah. but I don't expect it. Right. You know, I go there to work and I know I'm there to do a certain job. And uh, if some, it doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter to me if somebody thanks me or not. Right. Although I do appreciate that. Right. But I know what I'm there to do. And Right. And that very, the very end of, of uh, verse 10 there, you know, we are unprivileged. You should. So I'm going to read it because I'll mess it up if I don't. So likewise, you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. And then kind of connect that back <clears throat> to the apostles asking the Lord to increase their faith. And uh, I think Christ is kind of pointing them to the idea that the increasing of your faith kind of is your job by following, following him. By following his commands. Yeah. I mean, at the time here, you know, they don't have the entirety of the word. But for us, you know, we have the word and faith by its very nature is something that grows over time. Yes. There's not a one person that was buried in the waters of baptism and came up with more, you know, overwhelming faith that was just zapped into them. Right. You know, it, you gain the faith in the beginning from hearing the word of God by studying and, yeah. and you gain enough faith to understand, okay, this is what I must do. Yeah. You know, and then you keep growing in faith yes. as, as time goes on and you study all the more. Yeah. I think it's, you know, people want to know how they can get more faith mm -hmm. just like the apostles did. And, <clears throat> and, you know, as we said earlier, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, so hearing that can also mean reading. Yeah. Or you can listen yeah. to the Bible being read. There's probably somebody on the uh, the internet that'll read the Bible to you. The, the word basically means that you understand it. You know, yeah. when you look at the original usage of the word, it's it's to not just hear the noise, but to have an understanding in your mind of what it says. Of what it's saying. So yeah, yeah, and that that's the crux of the Christian's job every day. Yeah, and uh, and it is uh, yeah yeah study. Studying God's Word needs to be part of the life of a Christian. And I think a lot of times some, some Christians think, well, if I just attend church services, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not good enough. And it's not good enough to just be a good person. It's not good it's enough. It's not good enough just to love Jesus. Yeah. But to love Him to the point that you are obedient to Him, that you... Diligently seek after what he desires. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, salvation 
it's by God's grace. We're not going to earn it right. from doing his commandments. Right. It's by his grace that we're saved. Right. And Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, you know, we can go over there and read that. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 kind of illustrates that idea. How how is man saved? What you know, it isn't by something that we we can't like uh, we can't do it by perfectly following God's commandments because we're never going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "And you we made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air." He's talking about the devil, the spirit which now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So he's talking about how people are in an unsaved condition, mm-hmm. people outside of Christ. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. He says, by grace you have been saved. Because the idea is, is that, that that we didn't deserve that. We deserved death. Right. And it was his grace that that Jesus came to this earth. He says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, to be, to, be, to be clear, you can't get to heaven without doing the things that he's asked. But it's doing those things is not of such a great value that it's going to earn your salvation yeah when he talks about works there you know he says it's not of works less than he's talking about this idea we go back to the servant mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not us doing some meritous thing right. that god has given us to do right you think about naaman yeah you know it's the same kind of idea where naaman was told to, to dip seven times into jordan Right. You know, and uh, he, he didn't want to do that because he was thinking, you know, he, he, he's like, oh, God's going to tell me to go do this great deed, you know. But that, that idea of us earning God's uh, grace, it, we can't do it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, in James one twenty two, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Yeah. You know, there's, you have to, there's some doing involved. There is. There, there's some doing of works, but the works are not what get you into heaven. It's not. It's it's by grace. It's yeah. by grace, but but because God is God, He gets to make the rules. Yeah. So it's very, very simple. Yeah. He's the master. Yeah. Just because God uh, sent His Son to die for our sins, and that's the grace part. Mm-hmm. Just because He did that doesn't relieve us from doing anything. Right. Right. That, does, that doesn't mean, and, and the things we have to do, it isn't earning our salvation, it's following God's commandments. Right. In, in James 2, this is what I was kind of 
looking for here. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. This is 2 of verse 18 beginning. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Right. Yeah, so I mean, I think some people have trouble like reconciling these two passages. Yeah. So Ephesians 2 says it's not of works, but James says without works it's dead. Yeah. But it's talking about, you have to define what the works are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 is talking about uh, works of merit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not works of merit. Right. James chapter 2 is talking about works of faith. Right. And that's the, that's a big and, difference. Yeah, and, and you know, some of, the, some of the things that may be considered meritous works uh, by some, um, you know, they, they're in, in effect, because you're a Christian, because you have desire to follow after the Lord, you're going to do some of those things. Yes. You're going to help people. You're yeah. going to be those that consider others more important than yourselves, and you're going to tend to uh, the needs of others, and you're going to uh, show up on Sunday morning because the Lord said so. Yeah. But uh, those things are not buying you into heaven. It's just by nature, you know, if you are a farmer, you're probably going to dig in the dirt. Yeah. You're going to do farming. Yeah. If you're an accountant, you're going to crunch numbers. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's just by nature of being Christians that we are going to do those good works. Yeah. You know, the works, the things that are works of faith, mm-hmm. I mean, faith itself would be one of those works, right? Mm-hmm. It's something we have to have. Right. You know, repentance. That's something we do. Mm-hmm. We repent of our sins. Right. That's a, a work of faith that we do. We follow after God's commandments because we believe in those things. Right. And, you know, the same way with, uh, we, we, you know, we talk about uh, confessing Christ before men. That's something we do. It's a work of faith. And to get into the mindset that I think the Lord is looking at, that he wants out of those that are being obedient to him. It's not because of what we are going to receive, but because we realize who God is, who the Lord is. In Acts 2, you know, those on the day of Pentecost that heard Philip preach, they were cut to the heart. Yes. They They came to an understanding of who the Lord is, and because of that, they wanted to make things right. Yes. It's not that they wanted to go jump in the waters of baptism because of all the things, because they get the... Because they were going to take a bath? Right, or or because they were going, even because they were going to get, you know, eternal life, but there was a sorrow there. There was a godly sorrow. Yes. And the reason that we go forth and do these things is not for for the reward, but it's because... God is who he is, and we are who we are. And that understanding in its in and of itself should cause us to be sorrowful to the point that we want to be obedient to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when we talk about all those works, and then the last one I was going to mention was, and you mentioned it, was another work of faith would be baptism. It's something mm-hmm. God commanded us for, for us to do, and we do it. All of those things are works of faith. Yeah. They're not works of merit. They're things that we do 
follow what God has told us to do. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were to show up at your house, maybe you put something on Facebook Marketplace for sale. But I'm, let's but say I'm not on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes, Some Marketplace yes, yes. site. Um, and you, uh, you have this tractor for sale, and, and I were to come over and say, well, I'll tell you what, I really like the tractor. I think I'm going to take that. There's a pond over there. Let me go jump in it, and then and I'll come back and take the tractor home. You know, of what value is that jumping in the water None. and getting wet? It's nothing. It's, it's, it's nothing. Uh, and we do it. <laughs> that's we, a good example. <laughs> we do it as Christians because God said so, and that's it. Yeah. Not because we understand why yeah. or what it does. Yeah. Baptism is not a work of merit. It's a yeah. work of faith. And we understand there's the symbolism yeah. of the burial and the resurrection and yep. so on. But very simply, it's because God said so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Can we move on? We've got a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. Go so, ahead. so let's move on to John. So we're going to look at John chapter 11. And this starts talking about Lazarus, which I believe is this entire chapter. And I'm going to tell you what, there is no way we're going to get through this in 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can get through a little bit of it. So well, This is the other Lazarus. This isn't the this, same. Yeah, so we just <laughs> talked about uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Now, this is the uh, Lazarus who is uh, Mary and Martha's brother. Right, so he has, he has died. So... Let's see here. Uh, read through 16 and we'll see what we can do. Starting at verse 1? Yeah. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go, that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, ne ne nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. That's our first mention of Thomas, too, mm -hmm. in the New Testament. So, this guy, Lazarus, who we already mentioned, his uh, sisters Mary and Martha, and uh, apparently they all... Uh, it would seem that they all live in the same house together. And uh, we've read about them before. And Jesus has a, like a close personal relationship with, with this family. And uh, the two sisters send to him in there because he's sick. Mm -hmm. Something bad wrong with him. 
And uh, it's interesting that Jesus says this sickness is not unto death. Yeah. Because he dies. Right. So he, he knew what was going to happen. Right. Kind of a, a comfort there. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's for the, for the glory of God. And that, and that was the purpose of all of the miracles. Yes. Uh, for the glory of God that he might be proven. Yeah, yeah. It says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I always think about, we're reading in the book of John, and John refers to himself himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing about it is that this, this uh, account of Lazarus is only in the book of John. It's not in any of the other Gospels. It's a unique thing to John. So Jesus loves them, and he heard he was sick, and then he stays a couple of days where he's at, mm-hmm. because he knows what's going to happen. Right. So then he says to his disciples, he goes, let's go to Judea again. Well, last time Jesus was over there, he had a lot of problems. Right. You know, the Jews were fixing to kill him. Mm-hmm. So that's why he kind of went away from there. Right. So the disciples point this out to him. He says, you know, they were trying to stone you, and you want to go back there again? And then Jesus says this stuff, and I'm going to read this, and I'm going to have you decipher, try to decipher this. He says, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Well, I'm going to say that Jesus is telling them that, yes, those people tried to stone me, but they're in the dark, and they don't know any better. And, True. And if if we go there, we can shed some light to them. Yeah. He says, uh, if anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. I think he's talking about the sun. The the, 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 the ball in the sky yeah. that lights what, up. What do you well, think? Yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely talking about that, but I think there's a parallel there. Yeah. What's the parallel? <laughs> the, the 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 walking in the darkness. I, I so so. What's your take of it? No, I think you're right. I'm oh, just okay. trying to I'm trying, I'm trying to goad it out of you. <laughs> so so yeah, he's he's talking about the he's talking about the ball in the sky that that makes light for us and and, and heat and warmth. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, as we see all of the different uh, examples of light and darkness in the yeah. scriptures, I think uh, he's speaking. And, 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 you know, those that sought to stone him, you know, that, again, as we walk our lives as Christians through the, through the world, you know, those that really need to hear the gospel are not the ones necessarily that, op- that run to us with open arms. Right. There's going to be some... Resistance. If you're if you're preaching the gospel, and you don't find any resistance along the way, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> because yeah. because there, while the, the the word of God is, uh, you know, that which can save mankind, and is very powerful and is very positive and comforting, to those that are in darkness, it's the most incendiary thing that can be uh, that can be said to them. Yeah, it's hot. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I think he's talking about those that were trying to, to stone him. Yeah, I think so too. You know. Yeah. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And the disciples 
Like he's talking about, yeah, he's asleep. Right. Yeah, they're thinking, they're thinking, well, good, he's resting. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he'll be fine. Um, he says, well, the, he said, this devil said, or if he sleeps, he will get well. And Jesus spoke of his death. Now, Jesus, a lot of times, um, speaks in this manner. Mm-hmm. But here's one of those things where Jesus speaks very plainly. Yeah. He says, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you you read the words of Jesus and like that whole thing where he says about the 12 hours in the day, mm-hmm. and he, he speaks in this way that there's these deeper meanings right. in them. He doesn't speak plainly all the time. Right. He speaks in these ways that like let us, it, that's why this doing this is easy because we can mm-hmm. we can talk about these things but here he speaks plainly yeah yeah and that's uh it, you know i i don't want to interject anything in there that but but you know I, he he's told them that lazarus sleeps but i go that i may wake him up and and he's of course thinking spiritually there yeah you know uh, his spirit sleeps whatever you know that speaking of death and he's um maybe perhaps Expecting that the disciples would, would would understand that. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's at the end. He's like, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you can interject that, but that's kind of what comes to my mind. Right. So we can tell that Jesus. Do you think he had a cell phone? Is that how he? Is that how he found this out? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. He's 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 God. He's God. He knows these things. Uh, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Yeah. But he did this on purpose. Right. And, and you know, what, what? what's the difference if he's there or not? Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, allowing, allowing Lazarus to die, you know, proves to them, that, okay, he's dead. Because his sisters are going to sit there and see, and those around are going to sit there and see that, okay, he has died. And then Christ is going to come and raise him. And that, that's going to make that all the more powerful yes. for those people that are there. Yeah. He says, uh, let us go to him. And, and this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Verse 16. And the reason it's one of my favorites is because we always think about Thomas and what do we call him? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Oh, Tet Thomas, he's a big doubter. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Um, Thomas is just like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas uh, had periods, obviously, where he had super strong faith, and he had other times where his faith wasn't as strong. And here's one of the times where Thomas had super strong faith. But he, sa- he says, uh, says then Thomas, who was called a twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's manly, right? I mean, <laughs> right. It's a, a a lot of we would call it brotherly love there, I suppose. Oh yeah, and uh, and yeah, you know, and and I don't know. Perhaps maybe knowing that uh, that Christ has said uh, that he's going to wake him up. You know, so so Thomas is looking at that and thinking, well, I want that too. You know, I, I want all of these things that have been spoken yeah. up here. Yeah, but I think it, I think he's referring back to where it says that the Jews are going to stone him. 
Mm-hmm. They're afraid that that's what's going to happen with Jesus. He's gonna get, mm-hmm. And Thomas is like, well, if he's going to die, we're going to die with him. There you go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That... You know, he was he was all in. Mm-hmm. You know, but and and obviously Thomas witnessed this. Right. You know, and and, and more to your point about Thomas, to to his credit, uh, here he he's got this strong faith at this point in time. But for us. We can take a look at that in the context of Thomas's life and understand that there are going to be those ups and downs, yeah. and and that uh, we we need just as Thomas did here, trust in the Lord, and that we, especially when those times when we get yeah. down and yeah. we aren't feeling like our faith is so strong. Yeah, in fact, when you go back to another that it, it's in uh, John chapter twenty, where um, we'll just. We got a few minutes. <laughs> John chapter 20, that's where uh, verse 24 uh, it says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciple said to him, We have seen him. And he said, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side. I will not believe. Mm-hmm. Well, he is—he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's lost his faith mm-hmm. at this point. Of course, he's probably been through a lot. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know that's—it's uh, interesting because there we just came from a verse where we understand that Thomas would have witnessed the raising from the dead, and here he doesn't believe that Christ can do that yes. for himself. And now he does. Now he goes back the other way because he says that Jesus appears in the midst of me. He says, "Peace to you." And he said to Thomas, "Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side." He says, "Do not be unbelieving, but believing." Mm-hmm. And Thomas answered and said to him, "My Lord and my God." Yeah. You know, I guarantee you that the faith of Thomas after that. It was like on eleven, right. <laughs> to, to quote Spinal Tap. Right. You know, he he it was, you know, just through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, and you you've got a good point there. You know, we we in retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and we look at these things, and sometimes we beat up on the characters, uh, those the accounts in the scriptures where people have done wrong. Yeah, gone against the Lord, but remember who you are. Yeah, <laughs> each and every one of us needs to remember that we're we're human beings, and we're we can we can be in these same situations, and yeah, and we can learn from these. And that's again yeah. why studying the scriptures for yourself is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Yeah, in fact, you, you probably would be better off if you didn't ask people. <laughs> To teach you the truth, yeah. You know? Study and, it on your own, and, and those that you do run into that are teaching you, you need to make sure that they're that they're yeah. teaching from this and nothing else. Yeah, you think about that. You know, Thomas was unbelieving, and then he was believing. Mm-hmm. And I tend to think that even like Judas, who sold Christ for thirty pieces of silver, this could have been Judas's story too. Mm-hmm. You know, Judas, Judas didn't have to commit suicide. Right. But he did. Right. This could have been his story as well. Mm-hmm. 
He could have he could have found forgiveness. Yes. There's nothing that we can do that that can that that God will not forgive us of. As long as as long as there's breath in your body. Yep. And, 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 you know, even when you think of the scripture that speaks of blaspheming of the Holy Spirit being the only thing that is unforgivable, you know, that that speaks to the, the person that rejects that God's word, that right? is continuing to reject yes. God's word. And then there's nothing they, that can be done for them. Yeah. All right. I think we've gone over yet again. All right. Oh, yeah, look at that. Two minutes. Well, we welcome, or we're thankful that you came. We'll welcome you next time. But uh, we're thankful that you you tuned in with us, and we hope that you see fit to do so again. Uh, like and subscribe, however that works, and uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next time.